This episode of the DLU podcast is brought to you by Goalie Nutrition. As someone who's used Goalie for quite some time, I can tell you that they're not only very good, but they're very beneficial. My favorite are the Super Green Gummies. The Super Green Gummies are uniquely crafted with a spectrum of essential nutrients such as vitamins A, B12, folic acid, and theamine. It supports a healthy liver function, healthy nervous and immune system, digestive health, a boost to your metabolism, and overall health and well-being. There are no artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors from artificial sources. They're vegan-friendly, gluten-free, and gelatin-free. All loyal listeners of the d podcast get a special 10% discount at checkout. Go to Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. That's Goalie.com, use promo code D-L-E-W. This podcast is a Believe Network and Luciete production. Happy New Year. Welcome to another edition of the DLU Podcast brought to you by the Network. I'm your host, Derek T. Lewis. I hope y'all had an incredible holiday season, and I cannot wait for what 2024 is going to bring for all of us. But, you know, today's, this week's episode, rather, is really going to be touching on uh, this past week in pro wrestling. Um, Obviously, um, AEW's World End event that took place at the uh, Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, Long Island, New York. Talking about all the matches there, and of course, the moment that everyone was talking about from this past Monday's uh, Monday Night Raw, when the one and only Dwayne The Rock Johnson shocked the WWE Universe with his return. I know there was a, a talk about a former WWE champion, you know, appearing. Of course, there was a little gag in between that. And then, of course, The Rock returned, hitting um, the one line that sent shockwaves throughout the entire wrestling industry. And we'll get to that, you know, later on in the episode. But I do want to break down, you know, the entire card from um, AEW's World End, give you my opinions on it, you know, as far as where they're at and where I feel where they're going in the new year. But, you know, the first match that, oh, well, actually, this is um, Zero Hour, so this is, you know, obviously before, you know, the actual live pay-per-view goes on. Um, it was a singles, a women's singles match with um, Chris Statlander, um, facing uh, Willow Nightingale, two talented individuals. I did, watching the match, and again, this is me not crapping on AEW or anything like that. I just thought that there were some miscues in the match, and it was kind of wonky a little bit. But you know, Willow Nightingale was able to get the pin. I think the, they were given a lot of time—13 minutes, 25 seconds—and I hope that's a sign of things to come in AEW because I know there's the biggest complaint. And I know I, I speculated um, a couple of episodes um, ago when I had Gabby on and just talking about the lack of, you know, time, the lack of, you know, focus on the women's division. So I hope that, you know, Tony Khan, you know, is really going to put the emphasis on the women, giving them the time and giving them the spot to really showcase what they can do. But um, the next match was a 20-man um, um, over-the-top row battle royal for a future AEW TNT Championship match. Um, the artist formerly known as Luchasaurus, now known as Killswitch, he did win the Battle Royal, and I, the last individual he did throw out was uh, Tr- Trent Beretta of uh, Best Friends. 
and it, it spelled some doom for later on in the uh, in the show, as we'll 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 talk about. But the third the third match in Zero Hour was um, Hook, you know, defending the um, FTW Championship in the FTW Rules match against Wheel of Yuta, you know, of the of the uh, Blackpool Combat Club. Um, my opinion of Hook is that first of all, I like the kid. I think he has a bright, bright future. But I think to me, and this is just me looking from you know from a totally different lens, I think he's in the wrong company. I think he could totally benefit being right now either A in Impact Wrestling or B being down in NXT. I think he will flourish in one of those companies. I just think that that AEW has far too many people. They have a crowded roster, so for him not to get the reps in like that, you can get the reps in as far as training and all that other stuff is concerned. Again, this is just opinion, my own opinion, and not not crapping on any any company. But I just feel as though that I think Hook being in one of those either either of those companies. I'll even put MLW in there too. MLW Impact or NXT. I think he will definitely flourish and get the time that he needs for television time. That's just my opinion on that. But Hook did get the win, you know, via submission. So now it's time for the main card. I felt as though that there was two eight-man tag matches. And obviously the first eight-man tag was the one that opened up the card. I just think this was just an opportunity to get some people on the show. It was, of course, the Blackpool Combat Club which consisted of Claudio Casagnoli and Brian Danielson, Mark Briscoe, and Daniel Garcia. And they went up against Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh. 17 minutes, 50 seconds they were given. Um, you know, like obviously what you would expect in an eight-man tag. Chaos. Utter chaos. And, you know, they all did. You got a lot of veterans in this ring. You know what I mean? You talk about Claudio, Danielson, Mark Briscoe, uh, Brody King, um, I'll put Jay White and Jay Lethal in there. You know what I mean? The guys has been doing this for quite a while. So it, it wasn't too chaotic. But again, I'm, I'm not expecting all the bells and whistles in an eight-man tag. It's just running against feature guys, get in and get out. And again, of course, the uh, Blackpool Combat Club, Mark Briscoe and Daniel Garcia um, got the pen, got the win over the um, Brody King, Jay White, Jay Lethal, and Roosh. The next match was um, Miro going up against Andrade El Idolo with uh, CJ Perry in his corner. In the uh, middle of the match, um, and they were given, by the way, about 14 minutes. A lot of people got a lot of time on this show, but they got 14 minutes, 45 seconds. Um, as Andrade was doing uh, Charlotte Flair's figure eight um, submission, CJ reached in the ring and grabbed his hands and he felt, and you know, obviously he fell on his back. And it was just like, uh oh, CJ turned on Andrade. And of course, Miro does the um, the accolade submission um, to get the win. And speculating that either CJ will be going back with Miro, we don't know. But as Tony Khan talked about during the uh, media scrum, as we all expected, Andrade was officially done with the company as of um, midnight, January the 1st. So Andrade is now a free agent speculation of whether he'll show up back in WWE. We shall see. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens, but you know, sky's the limit, you know, best wishes to him and his future endeavors and whatever he decides to do. I think Andrade can go wherever he wants to go, whether it's in Mexico and maybe work the Indies a little bit. He, 
I think he'll do really, really well, but I think he'll be in one of the major companies, you know, before you know it. Royal Rumble is at the end of the month, just saying. Next match is for the um, AEW Women's World Championship. Um, timeless Tony Storm uh, with Luther um, pinned uh, Rio, actually. She went up against Rio. She did win. She did uh, retain the title. Nice back and forth match. Um, I really love the character work that Tony Storm is really doing with this timeless uh, character. A throwback to old Hollywood, 1940s, 1950s pinup uh, type actress type thing. Very Marilyn Monroe-esque as she's doing, you know, some of the mannerisms and obviously when they're going from color to black and white, I think it's pure genius. So I just feel as though that keeping the belt on her is probably going to be the best thing for them, at least going into the middle of 20, obviously by the summer of 2024. Keep the belt on Tony Storm. Obviously put, you know, more credibility on the title. As she begins to stack up win after win after title defense after title defense. So, again, and um, big ups to Rio. Um, I hope that she can stick around a lot more and see, we can see her a lot more. Again, she was the first ever AEW Women's World Champion, and I hope we can see a lot more of her, you know, in, you know, in, the, in the coming year. Now, originally, this match was supposed to have been uh, Swerve Strickland going up against uh, Keith Lee, but before the event, um, Tony Khan had mentioned that um, the doctors could not clear Keith Lee for an undisclosed injury. He had mentioned something that he had been injured going back to last year, I mean, to uh, 2022. And he's just been working through an injury, working through an injury. And, you know, and, and uh, his place was going to be Dustin Rhodes. Now, they did, they they, they worked some spots in, in, the, um, in the beginning where you thought that it was just going to be a no contest because he injured Dustin's um, leg outside of the ring before they can even ring the bell. And I'm like, okay, I didn't mind that at all because I'm thinking, okay, this makes Swerve even, an even bigger heel by attacking the veteran like that. I mean, and they obviously had his leg on a cinder block and he jumps off the top rope onto his leg and, you know, Dustin's really selling it well. And as they were walking, as the uh, medical staff and the referees were carrying Dustin back up the aisle, you know, he, you know, he said, no, I want to, I want to go in, I want to go in. And, you know, the referee was like, are you sure? Are you sure? And, you know, the, the match starts, they, they, able, they were able to get nine minutes, 30 seconds out of it. Um, Dustin got some offense in, which is really cool. But of course, um, Swerve does get the win, you know, by a pinfall. So um, I think this year, Swerve is going to be the guy that's going to be, um, the, I think it's going to be the next guy that's going to win the world title in AEW. That's just what I think the way they're they're positioning him right now to be. And I think this is a good start, you know, for him for sure. But as I alluded to earlier, there was a, another A-Man tag match. I think these were all the guys that may have been in the um in the tournament, I think, but I'm not sure. But it was La Sex Gods, that was Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, Sting and Darby Allen. And they, they went up against uh, Ricky Starks, Big Bill, of course, the tag team champions, and Kanushke Tekashita and Powerhouse Hobbs. They, uh, it was, of course, it was a big F.U. callous chant by a very uh, riotous Long Island crowd. Like I said, in the eight-man tag, again, I'm not expecting the world's greatest technical wrestling match. It's just really getting everybody in there, you know, to do... Some spots, you know, just do the basic things in there. 
And um, I knew there was some controversy that had that was um, circling around social media early in the day regarding Chris Jericho, which again, I'm not too sure about it. I'm not going to even report on it, but obviously some fans had got word about it and they, it, they were not so kind to Chris Jericho. And um, I'll leave it at that. They were, they were as himself being the baby face. That was not the case. They were booing that man as life depended on it. But nonetheless, Lasex gods, Sting and Darby Allen did get the win via pinfall, you know, against the Don Callis family, Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Next is a house rules match for the AEW TBS championship. It was Abaddon stipulation. Biting is legal. Wow. Even in a post-pandemic world, we're still trying to bite people. <laughs> Unbelievable. But uh, Julia Hart did uh, defend against Abaddon. She, she defended against Abaddon. And again, I said it before, Julia Hart was my breakout star of 2023. As a matter of fact, not only was she the d podcast breakout star of the year, she was the New York Post. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the New York Post breakout star of the year. So I don't want to say that I, I know what I'm talking about, but I kind of know what I'm talking about when I'm looking at you know, people that are really getting themselves over, getting themselves to the next, taking their their, their skill set to the next level. And you really saw Julia Hart become a star, you know, overnight as she began to just ascend. And I, tr- I truly feel that this year, you know, who knows, the sky's the limit for her. But, you know, they were given um, 11 minutes, 35 seconds, you know, for that match, for the House Rules match. Julia Hart did defeat Abaddon by pinfall. And again, Abaddon is somebody else that I really wish we could see more of. I, I love the character. I love the look. She's different. Um, obviously, she, you know, the, the, the paint and there's the piercings and there's the, the, the wild hair. Kind of give me a little Luna Vachon type vibes. And I just think that they could do so much with her, even if she's, you know, whether she's a company. I, I, I actually would like to see her in House of Black, to be honest with you. She has that type of aura about her. But that's neither here nor there. But the next match is the uh, no DQ match for the AEW TNT Championship. Um, Christian Cage with uh, Shayna Wayne and um, Nick Wayne um, defended against Adam, the rated R superstar Adam Copeland. Now, I said this on Twitter, now the X app, during this match. And I just said, man, like these two... Ed, I'm going to call him Edge. Screw it. Edge and Christian. When you have guys like those two, either you're either you're wrestling against either one of those two, or if they're in the ring together, the psychology is just going to be off the charts. These guys have been doing this for so long. Think about this. They've been wrestling. I would say they've been around the wrestling industry close to 30, over 30 years, I would say. So you talk about 60 years combined of wrestling experience with these two. So you know they're gonna they're, the ideas that we're gonna be just you, I would I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall listening to them talk and go over their match in the back and just break down why they want to do this spot versus that when do we do this or when do we do that that's pure psychology and that's just something that you just can't teach you just have to just be you just have to just be involved for so long to be good at what you do and man. Obviously, this is a um, again no disqualification, so everything went. So of course they introduce the ladder, 
They introduced the chairs. And, of course, they they introduced the tables. So, obviously, they were trying to do the flaming table spot and on Edge. But then, of course, Edge took the lighter fluid and he powerbombed Nick Wayne onto the table. But he missed the table, but he did catch on fire, which was, whoo, man. God bless that kid. <laughs> I'm telling you, that was, that was man. But they tried to basically um, redo the spot that Edge did with Mick Foley at WrestleMania 22. But Edge actually speared Mick Foley through a flaming table, which was insane. Even for 2006, I just couldn't believe that spot was done. But Adam Copeland did defeat Christian Cage to become the brand new TNT champion. But as I stated earlier in the in this show, that Killswitch was going to, you know, make an appearance, and he did, and he had the contract. But remember, the contract is not, you actually have to sign the contract, you know what I mean, in AEW in order for you to get to cash into your championship opportunity. But what happened is that Christian Cage got up and convinced Killswitch, he whispered in his ear to let him sign the contract after he beat, after the beatdown, and they all beat him down. And, of course, Christian Cage regains <laughs> the TNT championship. So he was, he basically didn't have the championship for like maybe two minutes and he won it right back. So I thought that was a, that was a, that was some uh, really good business there. And this, this feud is far from over. I'm thinking they're probably going to end up doing a TLC match at some point. I could totally see that being done at revolution. Who knows? I think that would be good if they were to do a TLC match for the TNT title. And, and see what, what goes from there. Up next is the championship final for the Continental Classic for the inaugural American Triple Crown Championship. So it's the ROH title, the New Japan Strong Openweight Championship, and the inaugural AEW Continental Championship between Eddie Kingston and John Moxley. And this match, you know, was strict. If you would have zapped these two out of, of of an AEW ring, and this could have been done in uh, New Japan, All Japan, um, Noah, um, Pro Wrestling Noah over in Japan. This could have been any like this type of match. It was a hard hitting match. They, I mean, they they chopped each other. Oh my goodness! It, it was it was sometimes it was hard to watch of like how hard they were hitting each other. But that's what you expect in a match with Mox and especially with Eddie Kingston. And remember, Eddie Kingston, I think, was what, oh, he was like, he had an 0-2 record in this tournament, so he had to really work his way back up, which I thought was great storytelling in, in regards to telling Eddie Kingston working from underneath. And this is why I think this is character work, because by nature, and this is just real life, I think Eddie Kingston is a natural underdog. He fights for the underdog. He fights for the middle man as far as, you know, trying to work the way up. The working man's champion, as I like to call him. You know, but Eddie Kingston did defeat John Moxley by pinfall. The match was 17 minutes, 20 seconds. They got a lot of time. And, man, a show of respect by both at the end, you know, with the, with the handshake, the hug. And I think, I mean, real life, you know, you know, good friends, you know what I mean? And going back to when uh, Mox and Kingston first had their first feud in uh, AEW a few years ago. And, of course, the main event of the evening was... um course, for the AEW World Championship with the champion and hometown hero Maxwell Jacob Friedman, MJF, defending against Samoa Joe. 
And so many, you know, stories are going into this match. Are we going to find out who the devil is? Who's the devil? Who is the devil? We all had our speculations. We all had our... I had a tongue-in-cheek comment on Twitter where I thought it was going to be Vince McMahon. I really did. But, of course, um, Joe, you know, and, and again, there because Max was already hurt. He was spotting it. He was sporting a, um, like this, uh, I don't know, his rehab, like sticker Velcro thing on his, on his back and on his arm. Like he was, you know, he, he is legit injured and just wanted to get through this match. But of course that just added to the drama, to the match. You know, Samoa Joe does win, you know, via submission to win the, uh, the AEW championship. He gets out of the ring. And of course, Adam Cole was actually at ringside with, with um, MJF on his crutches. And of course, the uh, the four guys, the devil's henchmen, it was four of them. They come to ringside and they grab Adam Cole and they had a chair and they basically he said, don't hit him. Max is telling him, don't hit him, don't hit him, don't hit him. Lights go out. The lights come back on. The four guys are standing behind Adam Cole while Adam Cole is in a chair just sitting looking at Max. And he was revealed as the devil, and he actually had the devil's mask inside his hoodie, threw it on the on the uh, on the mat, and they beat the crap out of uh, MJF. And I mean, they're beating him down, beating him down, beating him down, and that's how they go off of the air. So, a lot of um, questions that has to be answered of why, why Cole, why, you know, what's going to happen with Samoa Joe? Who's going to be the first man to challenge Samoa Joe? For his newly won AEW world title. We shall see. I don't know. But I do know this. I think going off the air, you know, like that, I think there's almost like a cliffhanger because again, it's gonna have it's gonna afford everyone to allow everybody to tune in to AEW this Wednesday. Of course, you're hearing this um on a Thursday morning. You know, AEW Dynamite would have already taken place last night, and we're we're gonna definitely see, and I may cover that. Maybe later on over the weekend, possibly. We'll see. I got, got a lot of stuff happening this weekend. But, you know, kudos to AEW. And by the way, AEW turned five on January the 1st. I want to give a huge congratulations to Tony Khan and All Elite Wrestling on turning five years old on the 1st. And, uh, again, huge kudos to Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks for really lighting the spark. During that time of, you know, I would say 2017, 18, 19, because everyone was just clamoring for something different than what we were seeing on national television, obviously. And they facilitated change in the industry. A lot of a lot. And it afforded another company to to rise force it forced some contracts to be signed and for people to stay and people to go. And it gives it gives people jobs, and I think that's the most important thing. So for wrestling fans out there that want a company to fail or go out of business, I don't think you're a wrestling fan because if you want a company to fail, then that's that's just, you're just bitter and you're just not a good person. If you want to see wrestlers unemployed, I think that's just that's just a trash um, way to look at it. Me personally, I want all the companies to succeed, whether it, whether the national, you know, like um, WWE, AEW. Impact, MLW, New Japan. I want all those companies to succeed. All the indie companies, you know what I mean? Monster Factory, where I belong to. ECWA, SWF, um, Pro Wrestling Magic. 
Um, the I there's so many other companies that I I can't even think straight right now. How many independent companies that are out there? I want all companies to succeed because the more that the big boys succeed, it trickles down to the indie. So again, congrats to AW on five years of existence, and I I can't wait to see what the next five uh, brings us. But I do want to touch on this past Monday's uh, Raw in the moment. Again, we're already a few days into the new year and already, you know, the industry is buzzing. You know, I know they put out something where a former WWE champion was going to be um, making an appearance and Jinder Mahal comes out and it was a huge letdown. Let me tell you, fans were booing. Fans were, oh man, it was, it was crazy. And it, it was insane. And, but he is a former WWE champion, and he's doing the whole anti-America thing, which has been done at Nauseam, but nonetheless, it was getting people's attention. And of course, you hear, if you smell, and The Rock comes out, and of course, he's running he's running down Jinder Mahal, Jinder Mahal's giving it back to him, and of course, The Rock sings his own rendition of the um, United States National Anthem, um, Star Spangled Banner. Something about kicking his ass, his candy ass, and of course he does the um, the spine buster and does the people's elbow. And he said, "Before I leave, he said, I just want to tell you, his, I'm going to do something. I'm going to go to, a, I'm going to go to get something to eat because I'm hungry." He said, "But I have to think of where I'm going to eat. Am I going to eat at a booth? Am I going to eat at a bar? At the bar?" He's like, "You know, everyone we loves the bar. Or am I going to sit at the head of the table?" And dropped the mic. And it got the internet wrestling community buzzing. Because now it's the big what if. Does Cody get to tell his does Cody get to finish his story at WrestleMania? Or will The Rock come in and face the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, for the undisputed uh, championship? We don't know. We don't know right now, and that's what I love because of the fact that the more that we don't know, the better it is because now they can now tell their own stories. I hope, to me personally, I hope Cody gets to, gets his moment at WrestleMania 40. I hope that night one, CM Punk and, and, and Seth Rollins, you know, have their, have their have, get the main event night one at WrestleMania. I hope that's the case. But again, we don't know. Now, there's rumor out there that, Obviously, um, where Elimination Chamber is going to be in February is going to be in Perth, Australia, and they've been clamoring for The Rock, and apparently that's where the match is going to take place. Again, I don't know for sure. I don't know. This is just things I've been reading, but we'll see. Now, if if they're saying if this is correct, if, if it's going to be Orton facing uh, Roman at the Rumble, then um, The Rock facing Roman at Elimination Chamber, then it gets... Cody, his opportunity to wrestle Roman at WrestleMania, I could, I can actually go with that, to be honest with you. I could totally see that happening in regards to, all right, Roman's going to have to really go up against some stiff competition, you know, to get ready for Cody at WrestleMania. And I think hopefully Cody can really finish the story, you know, with the, the pyro going out <clears throat> at Lincoln Financial Field in Philly at WrestleMania 40. We shall see. But again, an exciting time, you know, for the wrestling business. It's an exciting time to be in the business or and be a fan. I'm lucky enough that I am a fan and I'm in the wrestling business as well. So we shall see what happens 
you know, from here. You know, it's only it's only beginning of the year, and we're already talking about three months from now about WrestleMania. Off of one sentence, or the head of the table, unbelievable. We're gonna get the match that we've been clamoring for for a while, but I'm hope me personally, I'm hoping. As a Cody as a Cody Rhodes fan, I'm hoping that The Rock wrestles Roman Reigns at Elimination Chamber, and then Cody wrestles him at wrestles uh, Roman at WrestleMania. Well, like I said, that's going to cover uh, my um, this episode this week. As I stated before, you know I'm excited for this year and what it's going to bring. You know, for this show, I put out a list yesterday. Well, actually, on New Year's Day, I put out a list all on my social media. I put things that I wanted to accomplish this year, things that I feel as though that is going to take my brand, take this podcast and myself to the next level. And a few of those things is is really bringing on even bigger guests. And I've been shooting my shot already in regards to ones that I want to to interview on this show, those that I want to, 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 to give this show you know, the lift, you know what I mean? And I'm, I'm not ashamed to admit it. You know, obviously I'm still growing. This audience is still growing. And I thank each and every one of you that tune in every single week or every time I drop new content that you all are, are, are tuning in and you're downloading. And I appreciate you more than you know. But in case you guys didn't know, I'll tell you now that the DLU podcast is now a brand affiliate of WWEshop.com. You can get all your latest merchandise and you can wear them proud, especially the brand new CM Punk merchandise, the brand new Randy Orton merchandise. And the list goes on and on. Wherever you want to get, whichever WWE superstar that you want to, that you want to support, you can go to my link in the podcast description for WWE Shop. You can click on that link right there and make sure you get all of your favorite WWE superstar merchandise as we head into WrestleMania season. You know, the Royal Rumble's coming at the end of the month, so make sure that you get all of the merchandise you so desire. You can also get and listen to, actually, you can stream my single, Espacion, with Angie Stars. You can still, on all platforms. The, the song is literally on every platform you could possibly think of. Make sure that you're streaming the, the record, also the music video, you can listen to it on. Actually, watch it, rather, on YouTube, Vivo, Tidal, and also Apple Music. Make sure you're doing that. For all the fellas out there, all right, are you sick and tired of using the drugstore hair dye brand that's not getting the job done? If you want to use a great product to cover those grays, have no fear. Simpler hair color is here. No mixing, no dripping, no mess. Easy to use wherever you're beginner or a pro. You can go to simplerhaircolor.com and use my promo code DLEW10 for your 10% discount at checkout. Again, it's simplerhair.com using promo code DLEW10 for your 10% discount. Follow all of my social media, okay, at the real DT Lou on all my social media, with the exception of Facebook, which is Derek T. Lewis official page. Shop.DerryTLewis.com is currently being revamped with all of my hoodies and tees, so be on the lookout for that when that update does happen. But if you have any questions or if you want to be a guest on the d podcast, you can email at the brand new email address info at the d podcast.com. Well, I'm going to get out of here, and as I always say, no matter what it is you do in life, 
always remember to make it count. See you next time.